Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Yes, sir. Floated into work this morning. Floated in. Oh, man. I, I told my wife this morning. By the way, Chris Woodward. Fred and I always get get started with the conversation, and poor Chris sits over here. Yeah, I got something to share, too, guys. Good, Good morning. morning to you. Good morning. I told my wife as I walked up to the car in the pouring rain. Okay, so folks, where our flagship station is in Tupelo, Mississippi, it's been raining for I don't know, three or four days straight. Yeah. And I just told her, I said, I hate Mississippi. <laughs> I just hate it. Let's move to Arizona. It but, just ain't right. I mean, 72 degree temperatures. In December. In December. Now, I know we're in the south, but something's going on. No. Yeah. That's about normal. That's about normal? For Mississippi? Oh, yeah. We played, uh, when I was in high school, uh, our football team played in the state championship Back in the day. And uh, I was in the marching band because I was so great at sports, I had to be in the band. And uh, we played uh, Christmas songs uh, during the halftime show in December, and it was like 75, 80 degrees. Yeah. But the problem is last week I was wearing a parka for my walks in the morning. Right. And it was like really, really cold. Frost on the windshield, the whole thing. And whiplash. Weather whiplash. Yeah. I, I like sweater weather. I do like wearing sweaters. Yes. Uh, so last week, that I was just psyched. Sweater weather. I loved Mississippi last week. Uh-huh. This week, I hate it. We will get uh, We will get another weird heat wave in February, and no joke, somewhere between the tornado and the ice storm. Yeah. Uh, that's generally around uh, Valentine's Day. It's hot. It's like, why is it summer again? But, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I always get a kick out of the fact that the, uh, uh, the that the wasps wasps will come out <laughs> yes. in December or January. You go outside and they're flying around the porch trying to build nests, and I'm going, you guys are in for a rude awakening here in about a, a week and a half. Better go grab a parka. Yep. yep. <laughs> All right, uh, Fred. Uh, we do, we do have this week uh, on AFR a promotion to help. Uh, the Greatest Journey curriculum. Let our listeners know what that is. Yeah, and that curriculum is all about uh, and attached to the Samaritan's Purse Christmas box program that so many of our listeners I know have been involved with the last couple of weeks. Those are those boxes that go out around the world. I, I think they're, the estimate uh, was uh, a couple of million, but they're at, this year marked the 200 millionth box to go out. That's a month. Something Amazing. like that. But uh, there's a follow-up. Samaritan's Purse has a follow-up to that. It's called The Greatest Journey. And basically, it is where uh, kids who have received these boxes are then invited by the local church there, and uh, they come in and they're discipled using this curriculum called The Greatest Journey. And uh, for $6, folks, uh, if you want to make that contribution, you can help uh, Samaritan's Purse get those uh, th- that course into the hands of these precious little kids. Uh, you know, $6 gets you one, $60 obviously gets you 10 How do you do that? You can call right now, 877-616-2396-877-616-2396, the number to call, or you can go online and go to AFR.net. As I say, you know, $6 a pop, 60 gets you uh, reaching 10 kids, 150 
reaches 25 children. So uh, this this is a way, you know, I, I heard an interview with one of the Samaritan's Purse uh, people yesterday. Uh, most of us probably can't get to the mission field. Right. Uh, but this is a way where the Lord allows us, through the financial blessings that we have, to be part of a great mission project uh, that Samaritan's Purse does each year. Like I said, this year was marking the 200 million bucks to be spread out around the world. We talked about yesterday. We won't know until eternity, folks, right. just how God uses these boxes and then this this curriculum that these kids get discipled and many thousands and thousands and thousands accept Christ as their Savior. They go on, they grow up, they start churches. Uh, our right. guest yesterday was talking about hundreds of churches being started around the yes. world. So what an opportunity. So phone right now, folks, 877-616-2396, 877-616-2396, or you can go to AFR.net, make the phone call right now, and uh, be a blessing to kids all over the world. Be the best $6 you ever spent. Amen. Amen. So. Uh, all right, we do want to make mention of the fact that today is December 7th. It is the 81st anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, which initiated U.S. involvement in World War II. It's hard to believe, guys, that that's 81 years ago. Uh, but the attack on Pearl Harbor, of course, for those of you who know at least a little bit about history, was a surprise attack launched on the United States um, uh, by uh, the Japanese Imperial Navy. And uh, soon after that, Adolf Hitler declared war on the United States, and then it was on. But that's 81 years ago, and so, folks, we must never forget the, uh, the history of this nation and the struggle against dictatorship and totalitarian governments. And uh, the United States certainly wasn't the only one, obviously, involved in defeating uh, Hitler, Mussolini, and the Japanese imperial uh, military, but uh, we certainly played our part and a large role at that. So, folks, pray for our nation. Uh, Who knows what the future holds, whether something like that could happen again in our lifetime. Nobody knows. Those kinds of things are in God's hands, but continue to pray for America, that the United States would have the character and commitment to God to pass just such a test. Amen. Amen. All right, Chris, uh, take us on into the news of the day. And man, we and our story meeting this morning, it's hard to believe yes. how much is happening. Sorry yeah, we've not had a slow day since the Bush administration. And by that, I mean the H.W. Bush administration. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, this story is on AFN.net. It's a breaking story. Uh, we'll continue to follow it throughout the day. And it involves our U.S. military. Uh, the COVID shot mandate for members of the military looks like it's going to be rescinded under the annual defense bill that's heading for a vote this week in Congress. This would end a directive that forced service members to get an untested vaccine and raised concerns that it uh, harmed recruitment and retention. Republicans, you know, they're going to be taking control of the House in the, uh, January. They've been pushing for this effort, uh, and they confirmed Tuesday night when the bill was unveiled. I have some audio here from one of the Republicans that really pushed, like the Dickens, 
uh, to get rid of this mandate. It is Congressman Greg Stubbe of Florida. Clip one. Uh, we have a constituent who's at the Naval Academy and has fought this issue. So I'm very happy to see that late last night that language got added to remove the vaccine mandate for our military service members. Uh, we could get into the efficacy of the vaccine, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, you shouldn't be forcing this on Americans. You certainly shouldn't be forcing this on the most healthy population that's not at risk of right. dying from COVID. Uh, we fought hard against yeah. that, and I'm very glad to see that last night that's coming out. Amen and amen, and congratulations once again for the terrific Christian legal firms, our own Steve Crampton here right. at AFA, Liberty Council, others who have fought so hard for these members of uh, the Navy, the Army, Marines, uh, across the spectrum of our military, guys who said, you know, I don't want to take an untested right. uh, vaccine and stick it in my arm. And many of them argued that the fact that the, some of the developments of these vac- vaccines came from aborted babies. That was one of the major objections that they had. And as we've been talking about, especially the last couple of months, guys, now that we know the vaccine doesn't keep you from getting COVID, uh, the boosters don't keep you from passing it on to other people. Everybody has been saying in recent months, why would you continue the mandate when you know the vaccine doesn't do what traditional vaccines do? Right. Smallpox, whatever the case yeah. may be. Hepatitis, whatever the case may be. And, you know, those who have argued uh, for the mandate have said, well, military people have always been forced to take. Yeah, I was in the military. Right. And I, but those were tested over years. They did not want to take an experimental vaccine. But kudos, this is one of the, the first results of the election on November 8th. Because what happened was that Kevin McCarthy... Uh, Republican leader Kevin McCarthy had a meeting last week with President Joe Biden. Nancy Pelosi was there, Mitch McConnell, I think, was there, and and uh, Chuck Schumer. And they were in this meeting. And and if according to Kevin McCarthy, he said to the president, "We're not going to pass this defense uh, bill unless you get rid of that mandate." And he came out of that meeting and he went public with it. Kevin McCarthy did, and he said, "I got a deal." With the with Biden, and but but it was confirmed last night. Right, it was confirmed last night. It's in the bill. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any question. There'll be bipartisan support for this. So the mandate is over for now, against the wishes of the uh, defense secretary. Yeah, Lloyd Austin. There was a little bit of confusion on my part mm-hmm. uh, last week because after McCarthy comes out and says that we have a deal, uh, Lloyd Austin said, "No, we're keeping it." Yes. So. Fortunately, members of Congress, and like you said, there was a lot of people fighting, and not only fighting for in court, but also in the public eye. Yes. They went to, went to the media on this to let people know what members of our military were facing. Yes. And so kudos to them yep. for winning this fight. Our, our military has got some real recruitment issues. Oh, yes. You don't need people being kicked out at this point point in time don't need people getting kicked out and and most across the branches of our military are having real recruiting problems yes and people are blaming this mandate for a lot of it people don't want to come into that environment right and uh there's other there's other issues involved but that was a huge sticking point yes was this uh this uh, mandate so uh it looks like unless there's another twist to this story that that will be stripped away from the uh, the new Defense uh, Authorization Act coming up. 
Uh, and that's by, by, bipartisan. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. We want to say both sides seem to agree on this. Yeah. Um, sticking with national news for a bit, uh, President Biden still getting hammered uh, over going to Arizona but not visiting the border. And really getting hammered for telling Fox's Peter Ducey there were more important things in Arizona going on uh, than the border crisis where people are illegally entering our country. Um, I've got some audio from Arizonans that are weighing in on this. Uh, it's going to begin with the audio of Peter Ducey and Joe Biden. That's a quick five-second soundbite, which, by the way, there's a you know giant aircraft near them, so note the audio quality. Uh, but more importantly, you've got reaction from um, former Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake weighing in on this. Clip four. Why go to a border state and not visit the border? Because the more important thing going on, they're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. I am appalled that he would say that. You you look into the eyes of a mother who's lost a 19-year-old son or a 20-year-old daughter to fentanyl poisoning, and you tell them what happens on the border doesn't matter. This man is, is I'm sorry, he's disgusting. And I can't even believe he had the gall to come to Arizona after creating this crisis here without even acknowledging it. Well, Freddie, he almost he almost can't acknowledge it. I mean, he is forced by his own bankrupt policy regarding the border. He's almost forced to ignore it because there's nothing connected with that policy that is a success. Everywhere you turn, there's disaster after disaster, as Carrie Lake was saying. It is a crisis by his design. All right. Got to keep reminding people. Joe Biden candidate told uh, in a debate said, uh, "I'm if I am elected president, I'll, I will invite a surge." Yes, at the border. So surge. this is a crisis that Joe Biden deliberately, deliberately created on our border. We have now had. I said two million yesterday. That was a gross underestimation. They now estimate five million have come across that border since Joe Biden was elected. That's less than two years. Less than two yeah. years. Five million, not to mention the so-called gotaways right. that come in, that uh, they get by the Border Patrol. The Border Patrol is overwhelmed. Yeah, you know, so so if there's five million, if, that, if that, that's the number, then what about the ones that the Border Patrol didn't see? Didn't see. The, the, the get, were they called gotaways? Gotaways is yeah. what, they, what they call them. So, uh, listen, uh, the full ramification of what this crisis is doing in this country is just starting to be realized. Uh, Carrie Lake there mentioning about the families who have lost loved ones to fentanyl. We mentioned this yesterday. Uh, The Border Patrol estimates not thousands, but tons of fentanyl are now coming into this country. It's we basically when we, we, we talk about and we use the phrase open border, but folks, that's what it is. Yeah. And and, you know, people who are arriving, we have a colleague that arrived Last night, had been in Germany visiting family in Germany. They have to went through a checkpoint uh, at the at uh, Dusseldorf Airport. Went through another checkpoint at Heathrow, and went in through London. another checkpoint in Nashville when the plane arrived in Nashville. Checked three times. Yeah, but if you go to the border, you just walk in. Yeah, uh, with whatever baggage you're you're carrying, and I mean by baggage, I mean whatever intents that you have. We know trafficking. And young, we've got kids that have been thrown over the wall. Right. I'm talking little boys, little girls thrown over the wall, what's left of the wall down there, thrown over that wall with coyotes 
waiting to pick them up. These are kids being trafficked. This is st- and the mainstream media is not covering this story. Fox is about the only one that's gone down there. Almost daily, you see the videos of what is happening at the border, and Joe Biden has the audacity to say, "I've got more important things to do." Yeah, more important things going on. He is forced uh, to ignore it because it's a disaster. But like you said, and like we have said, he seems to. This is this seems to be a consequence of his policy that he welcomes. Yes. I don't know how else to view it. What do you guys think about uh, Carrie Lake? What What do you think is up for her next after losing the governor's race? I personally, I'm I'm really impressed. I'm impressed with how she treated the press mm-hmm. while she was running for governor. Uh, she's she's a take no prisoners individual. She sure is. You have not heard the last of Carrie Lake. Yeah, I think she's going to be around. I thought what happened to her in Arizona, the fact that her Democrat opponent, it was the Secretary of State controlling the election machinery in Arizona, who refused to step down from that office right. during the election campaign. Uh, and then all the problems they had in Maricopa County yes. with people voting. People voting in machines, put the ballot in, and, oh, that's too bad. The uh, ballot came back out. We can't read the writing. We're just going to throw it over here in a bin. Yeah. I mean, there's there's stuff that's gone on Waiting there. for hours to yeah. be able to vote. I think Carrie Lake might be mentioned by some as a possible running mate for somebody. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, so is there any... Remember, Donald Trump is running for president again. Yeah. Announced that a couple weeks ago. So someone like Carrie Lake, you think, is that think so. kind of being kind of at the scuttlebutt? Or he, uh, you know, if uh, my, my idea, if he doesn't ask her to be his running mate, he'll ask her to be somehow involved in the campaign or possibly even serve in his administration should he be elected and put into office in January of 25. She would be a powerful uh, person on the campaign trail. She She's a good be. speaker. Can you imagine Ooh. her being the press secretary for, for Donald Trump? Nice. That would be like the greatest thing that ever happened to C-SPAN. <laughs> You'd have uh, Donald Trump, who uh, attracts a lot of attention, a lot of crowds kind of thing. And then Carrie Lake, uh, if she was on the campaign trail uh, with that campaign, you know, making speeches mm-hmm. or handling the press. That, that, yeah. That'd be a pretty impressive uh, and passionate duo, wouldn't it? Be worth watching that press briefing. Yeah, it would. Yes, it would. It would. People, but every a member of the press, she knows how to handle. Instead it. of having a siesta, we'd all tune in every day for the press <laughs> briefing. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, let's uh, let's turn our eyes to um, Loudoun County, Virginia, uh, a county that has gotten become a household, uh, you know, uh, conversation, so to speak. Um, let me set this up a little bit, though. This week, as we reported on our website, afn.net. A special grand jury convened at the request of Governor Yunkin has issued a scathing report against a northern Virginia school system in Loudoun County, accusing it of mishandling a student who sexually assaulted classmates at two different high schools last year. Uh, The grand jury went on to report or accuse uh, the Loudoun County Public School Superintendent of lying to the public to cover up what occurred and authorities of ignoring multiple warning signs that could have prevented an assault. The update with this story is that uh, the superintendent has now been fired over this situation, which news reports indicates uh, a transgender student was involved uh, in this uh, sexual assault. So the update with this story is the superintendent has now been fired 
which many people are pleased. A couple of people I talked with this week were surprised that the guy was still employed even after all this came out. Um, this was a terrible tragedy that happened. And what we, we, we use air quotes when we hear when we say transgender mm. uh, girl. Okay, this was a boy who claimed to be a girl. Correct. Uh, was convicted. Yeah. My understanding is this young man was convicted of sexually assaulting two different girls in school. Yes. In a setting where you where girls normally would expect to be with other girls. Yes. And this was covered up, Fred, well, by by the, uh, the the educational machinery that has been pushing to normalize trans, the transgender movement. Yeah, what happened was this guy uh, claiming to be a girl goes into a washroom in, in the school where he was a pupil and uh, sexually assaulted this girl. The authorities knew about it. Yes. The authorities knew about it, but then just transferred him to another school. Right. And he did the same thing again. Yes. All right. And then the gentleman who was fired last night uh, by the school board, uh, Ziegler, Mr. Ziegler, mm-hmm. uh, he what the reason he was fired was that during the investigation by this grand jury, he said, well, I, I didn't know about that assault, that first assault. Well, it turned out they found emails. Yes. On the, apparently, on the very day, I think he denied knowing, on that very day, he had sent an email about the assault. Yeah. So. Uh, it was a cover-up. It was a cover-up. Uh, I, I tell you what, of course, what happened in Loudoun County eventually led to a changing of a the state government there. Uh, and uh, it, it the battle continues because there are still people on school boards and school boards in Virginia that believe in the agenda, the leftist agenda, the woke agenda. That was the other reason why parents were so upset. You remember the dad, uh, Scott Smith, mm-hmm. the dad of the of the young girl who was assaulted first. Right. You remember the scene, the school board meeting. He was on with Laura Ingram, I believe, last night. Do we have a cut? of? of we do. Yeah, of, this cut. is uh, Loudoun County parent Scott Smith, uh, and he's disappointed somewhat in the uh, grand jury situation, uh, and he hopes more is coming. Clip five. You know, the fact that it didn't come out with any teeth, though. You know, there's nobody held accountable by name. You know, that whole report laid out a bunch of, you know, misdeeds, uh, criminal, you know, situations perhaps. And at the end of the report, you know, we get six recommendations of things that they should do better next time. You know, I, I hope that the grand jury's not done with their duty yet. And I hope that this has more teeth in it. The grand jury is not done. Uh, the grand jury has not been dismissed. Right. Uh, there are possibilities of indictments still in this case. Scott Smith, the dad, you remember the, the video scene? He went to a school board meeting. And he said, my daughter was sexually assaulted. He got really upset. Some of the left, some leftist parents started uh, uh Verbally abusing uh, Scott Smith, I think his his wife. He says, "That's when he got agitated." Yeah, that's when the cops jumped on top of him. Right, that led to the whole you know letter from the Attorney General of the United States saying mm-hmm. we have to do something about these domestic terrorists. Yes, that parents. are showing up at school board meetings. I mean this this got so ugly, but what we found out from this was that with the Biden administration is apparently on the side of these school boards and their transgender policies. Yeah. 
Well, listen, um, we'll continue to follow this. I hope Scott Smith sues the britches yes. off these people. At least that would be a financial penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there probably should be some sort of uh, criminal. Yes. Uh, that was a good Mississippi word. Britches. Britches. That's right. <laughs> Welcome. Sue the Sue the britches off them. That's what I say. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, more of today's issues. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network. We'll be right back. Hope you join us. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at OneMillionMoms.com. That's OneMillionMoms.com. And thanks. Children's hearts around the world have been touched and opened to Christ with Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Gifts. The next step is the greatest journey. Your gift of $6 provides evangelism and discipleship for children and multiplication of the church in over 100 countries worldwide. Join with AFR and other listeners in this powerful outreach, sending the gospel into the corners of the world. Since 2009, as a result of this program, nearly 9 million children have made decisions to follow Christ. You can send one child on the greatest journey for just $6. $60 reaches 10 children. $150 reaches 25 children. Your donation provides instruction materials and 12 discipleship lessons in a child's own language, led by a teacher trained by Samaritan's Purse. Call 877-616-2396. That's 877 877- 616-2396 or donate online at AFR.net and help send children on the greatest journey. Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary sponsored by Liberty University. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. King County, Washington has declared war on Christmas. Radio station KTTH reports employees have been warned not to decorate their workspaces with overtly Christian or Jewish holiday decorations. No nativity scenes or menorahs, crosses, images of Jesus, the Star of David also on the county's naughty list. Now, Black Lives Matter buttons and gay pride flags are fine, but the baby Jesus is not. King County says it's about honoring the diversity of its workspace. Pine trees are okay. And so are snowflakes and holly, provided they are not decorated with religious symbols. But here's the catch. The ban applies to both in-person workspaces and virtual workspaces. In other words, your home office. The Family Policy Institute of Washington says it's totalitarianism. You know, it's one thing to ban a cubicle crash, but it's a giant leap towards communism for the godless Grinches to ban decorations from your house. I'm Todd Stearns. In him, we were also chosen as God's own. 
having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything by the counsel of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of his glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. And welcome back to today's issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. Joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Um, Well, we want to welcome to our program Victoria Cobb who is president of the Family Foundation of Virginia. And here in our studio, we have a live Fox News feed. And I just, just before the break, I looked over there, and Victoria was there on Fox News talking about the story that we're going to discuss with her. So, Victoria, you've had a busy morning, haven't you? Yeah, this appears to be getting the attention of a lot of people across the nation. People are shocked that this uh, that this kind of a denial would happen around food service. All right. Well, go ahead and explain to our listeners. Uh, this is a, like you said, this is a story. I think that's just people are just catching up to what has happened to you. Let our listeners know what this is all about. Yeah, our organization had a reservation at a restaurant in Richmond, Virginia, which is where we're headquartered. And about and, and it was a restaurant. It was a reservation for a back room, sort of a private event within their restaurant. And it was um, just to host some of our supporters. And about an hour and a half before we would have arrived for our reservation, we got a call from the owner, and the owner simply said that they were canceling the event. And when questioned, they went on to say that a team member had. Uh, basically looked into our organization and that they refused to serve us. And, and of course, if you look into our organization, you go right to our website at familyfoundation.org, you're going to see right up front who we are and that we are a faith-based organization. Then the restaurant issued an official uh, reasoning to why they rejected us. And they, uh, in, in their typical words of um, tolerance and welcoming and all these words that apparently mean anything because they actually had some very intolerant actions, they said that they had a problem with our position on marriage. We're we're an organization that supports traditional biblical views on marriage and our position on being pro-life. All right, uh, Victoria, it's Fred here. Uh, So uh, they didn't want you coming into the restaurant because you made uh, a special order for food that wasn't on the menu. That wasn't the reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish it were that simple. Uh, No, I think, uh, unfortunately, it really begs the question, is this going to be a situation where we start seeing, you know, no Christians serve here because we hold very traditional biblical beliefs. Yeah, I, I mentioned that that menu item because some people are saying, wait a minute, uh, we had a Supreme Court case earlier this week, and the argument there is, and, and this was the case of uh, Lori Smith, the web designer from Colorado, uh, who refused to make a website for a homosexual wedding. All right, but Lori Smith has pointed out if homosexuals wanted to come in and, and, and wanted a web design for some project they were working on, raising money for whatever, she wouldn't refuse the service. Right. So the point I'm trying to make is you weren't going to demand food that wasn't on the menu. You were just going to have food that they offer there on their menu, correct? Yeah. I mean, this is the, the hard distinction that some people have to kind of think through, but it's really whether or not a business has as their product 
actual content, actual messaging. And when, you know, Jack Phillips, our friend, you know, bakes a cake and has to be involved in the marketing that is around a same-sex wedding, it violates his belief. Same thing with Lori Smith, the case of that we were just at the court for this week. You know, that is a situation where that's a, a website designer. They're going to write words. They're going to market. And, you know, we actually as an organization also years, it was actually over a decade ago, had a website design company that simply told us they could not work for us. They couldn't, we could not be their customer. And that was over the life issue. They didn't want to write great words around protecting human life. They didn't want to put up beautiful pictures of unborn babies. And guess what? That's their prerogative to do that. I think food service is where we really get to a point of just shock that it's a basic commodity and we can't all just, you know, eat in the same restaurants. Uh, It's Chris here. In the last 24, 48 hours since this story started getting picked up by many secular uh, news outlets, have you by chance heard from, you know, any counterparts in in other states, other other states with, you know, family foundation like organizations that say, hey, you know, the same things happened to us or is happening to us? This is actually a regular conversation in the alliance. We're part of something called Family Policy Alliance, and there's about 40 groups that do exactly what we do in other states. And this is part of the conversation we have all the time. We were, many of us, recently canceled from a actually a data company that just was our database for lots of these groups. And they basically said, because of what you believe, we're not going to put your emails out. Well, that is pushing out our message. And there is, there, you know, these are frustrating moments because that's, that was a very, that wasn't like a restaurant. So 10 minutes out, you can magically find somebody that will take your 15, 20 people and put them in another room. We were able to pivot there. A data company that puts out your emails, that's a very expensive, very difficult shift. But we had to make it because we got forced off of this. So we have a regular conversation around this idea that what we believe and what we do is becoming increasingly more, you know, there's more, there's more hostility towards what we do and that we have a lot of risk of important things that we do being canceled by the culture. And how do we, how do we protect ourselves? We're really the tip of the spear. This is just the beginning. I think, unfortunately, Christians who hold these views will start encountering this. Victoria, I'm, I'm sure you've already had a call from the ACLU who are going to go to battle for you to record. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I don't envision that. I wish really that they could just stand for free speech, but somehow that doesn't seem to be the case. In fact, I think they had people outside. I don't know if it was their people or their people, you know, people using their name, but outside the Supreme Court. And I think they were probably among the people who had to use the big sirens to try to block out the messages that were being conducted in a rally there, you know. And I just sort of laughed about, really, truth can compete in the market square. We don't have to, you know, drown each other out with noise or cancel each other from, you know, food service places, restaurants. <laughs> Well, Victoria, uh, is are there going to be any additional steps taken against this restaurant? Are you going to get a an attorney on this, or are you just going to move on? Uh, or maybe you guys are just talking about it right now. What's uh, what's next? Yeah, we're certainly reviewing what the best um, steps are moving forward. I think there are folks who would love to see um, these kind of restaurants actually face some consequences for what they do. And certainly, certainly, our attorney general is a unique. Um, you know, he, he, he can make his own decision because this actually falls within his authority. So he may decide that he does believe this should have um, the, the prosecution of the state. Um, and certainly the people who were dinner guests, you know, they're, they're, there's different folks who could decide to prosecute this. We're just still kind of looking at the whole thing. We certainly think it's important that, um, you know, we're able to pivot and we're glad that other restaurants are still willing to 
to host us. And, you know, this is the challenge in, in the world that we live in right now, that things are so divided over matters of faith um, that we can't even eat together. I, I don't think there's a faith out there that actually believes in denying food to another, <laughs> no matter right. what their views are. I think and we know that's at the heart of um, the Christian faith. Jesus certainly uh, modeled that beautifully, that we don't all have to agree, um, you know, to love each other. Um, but this is just a reality that we're in right now in this world. Uh, Victoria, what's uh, the website for the Family Foundation of Virginia so folks can read more about what uh, you guys are doing? Yeah, we're just at familyfoundation.org. And yeah, people can go check us out and, and see the different views we do hold. We work in the space of life and marriage and parental authority. Really, um, many of the battles that folks have been watching on in their television and listening to you all about over the last couple of years about parents' rights. That's also been you know hot here in Virginia, and that's been a big part of what we do. So many different issues. We'd love to have folks connect to us. Um, and certainly at this time, there's a lot of folks calling us in all directions for, about this story. FamilyFoundation.org. Well, Victoria, thank you so much for all that you and your organization is doing. And you are at the the tip of the spear. Uh, A lot of people don't know that groups like yours, people like you, who just want to portray the Christian message and preach the gospel and the truth of God's word, uh, sometimes are pushed to the fringes in ways that are unimaginable unless you're reading a dystopian novel. So uh, thank you for all that you do, and we'll continue to pray for God's wisdom as you decide what, uh, if anything, you do uh, next on this matter. So thanks for being with us. so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Victoria Cobb, president of the Family Foundation of Virginia. You know, Fred, this is, as we said yesterday, this is not at the level of, Christians in China, certainly not North Korea or Iran, those kinds of places. However, we are starting to get with this kind of thing going on. And we do have a story we're going to follow up with here uh, with Kirk Cameron. But um, this is uh, one of those kinds of things that uh, we've had this problem with Discover Card. Yes. That would not not process donations from our supporters. Mm -hmm. We don't work with them anymore because Mm -hmm. they refuse to work with us. Mm -hmm. You could get into a situation, especially with how woke big corporations are, big social, where they literally try to push you weirdly into a closet where supposedly gays were and push Christians into that closet and say, you know what? We're not going to process. We're a bank. We're going to we're going to we're going to dump your uh, business account. Uh, we're not going to you know let you use the internet with yep. our company. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could technically have power companies who say, you know what, we don't agree with your message either. Yes. So I uh, hope you enjoy uh, using uh, uh, whale oil to light your lamps. Yeah. Uh, this is a situation that could get serious, but we have people like Victoria Cobb and others. Uh, certainly, the American Family Association. You've got to fight back now, or it could get to that place, and churches and groups and organizations like ours would be completely shut down. Language becomes very important, and the left knows this, uh, and that's why you're hearing so often the phrase hate speech. Right. Uh, Hate speech has become 
I don't agree with where you stand on the issue. Yeah. And so I'm going to say what you're talking about is hate speech. Mm-hmm. And that has really become a dominant feature in the issue of the homosexual activist agenda. Right. All right. And now the transgender. And now the, the transgender. So if you speak out, if you say, I don't agree with that, right. I, I don't agree that homosexuality is just another choice that's normal. Uh, if you say uh, transgenderism, uh, there is a problem usually mentally with people uh, that have that feeling that they want to change sex, whatever the case, and they can't change sex. I know that. But that is now being described as hate speech, and there's a reason for that, because there are laws against hate speech. So that is the next step, I believe, in the leftist agenda, is starting to haul people into court for their point of view. I mean, you're not threatening anybody's life with a point of view, but that's where the left wants to take the conversation. Well, and interestingly enough, in this uh, particular example with uh, the Family Foundation of Virginia, and this is their experience now with this, it's called Metzger's Bar and Butchery in Richmond, Virginia. That's the restaurant. The staff of the restaurant Part of their message to the restaurant leadership, yes. why they wanted this Christian group to be kicked out, was they didn't feel safe. Yes. Okay, that's that's where you get, that's where you go from hate speech to an implication of violence from that hate speech when people say, I don't feel safe. Yes. So we don't uh, want to have a group in here that promotes a message that we don't believe in. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so Chris... The story about uh, Kirk Cameron. Yes. This is another shocker, mm-hmm. which our, our listeners are going to probably be a little surprised because the the um, uh, the the determination on the part of the radical left to basically toss out the Constitution, uh, federal law, state law, but also to toss out any sense of being consistent, mm-hmm. the hypocrisy that we're about to hear. We yes. just heard uh, with uh, Victoria Cobb, Victoria Cobb, president of the Family Foundation of Virginia. But this next example is just mind-blowing in terms of, of hypocrisy. It is. Um, and I've covered a lot of crazy things, and Lord willing, I'll continue to be here to cover many crazy things. But this is definitely one of those crazy things. Uh, Kirk Cameron has a new faith-based children's book out. It's called As You Grow. And the story behind this is now, part of— before, let me uh, mm-hmm. tell people who Kirk Cameron is. Oh, okay. So, Kirk Cameron is a former—well, uh, he's still an actor. Uh, he's known for, for many film roles, um, and, fireproof. including Fireproof, yeah. Uh, and uh, he's also still known, best known for uh, Growing Pains uh, right. back in the day. Way of the Master. Yeah. With, uh, oh, yeah. Ray I mean, Comfort. we've aired things from him, and he's been on this program many times, and hopefully he'll continue to be so. We should get him on to talk about this. Uh, so Kirk has a uh, – he's got a new faith-based kids book out called As You Grow, and as part of a promotion effort to uh, spread the word about his book, he wants to go around to public libraries, taxpayer-funded libraries, and read this books to kids. Uh, and he's apparently tried to do this uh, at dozens of libraries, and over 50 public libraries have either outright rejected him or not responded to requests on his behalf. Uh, apparently, they don't want anything to do with Kirk Cameron because he is a Christian, very outspoken, not ashamed of it, as none of us should be, right? 
the really interesting thing with this is that uh, Fox News did some digging, and they found that many of the same libraries that will not give Kirk Cameron a slot were actively involved in offering drag queen story hours. That that's the hypocrisy I'm yes. talking about. Yeah, it, it, Fred, th- this is this is mind blowing because the excuse that public libraries now the American Library Association, for those who don't know, is the the paramount organization with regards to public libraries, school libraries as well. They are as far left and radical as you can get. We had battles with them in the nineties. I'm talking about American Family Association because they would. They refuse to put uh, on their computers any software that would uh, have age limits well, for for children accessing pornography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how far left they, they were. They said it's not the library's job to, quote, unquote, protect kids from pornography. That's the parents' job. Okay, this is a far left organization. So these libraries are usually run by lefties. But the the excuse that they used for these abominable drag queen story hours yes. was everybody has access to the public library. As long as you go through the process and get a spot that's available time-wise, you're allowed. We're not going to sanction anyone for their message. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly what they're doing with Kirk Cameron. It's, yes. It is mind-blowing and is absolutely illegal. Yeah, but it's part of the leftist agenda. That's what it's about. Uh, I'm not sure what they have told Kirk Cameron uh, is that, oh, separation of church or state. Maybe that's they're using that. But no, if you offer a platform for people to uh, expose the public to what they believe, drag queens. Right. <laughs> not to paint too vivid a picture, but this is these, these are men dressed up as women make up the whole thing. Right. And the idea, let's be very clear about uh, these libraries offering these drag queen hours is to try to normalize it in the minds of these right. precious little kids. Now, shame on the parents who allow the kids to go to these things. Yes. That's another side of this story. Right. But the fact that the public library thinks they're doing a good thing for the community and shame, we have pointed out, these are taxpayer funded. These libraries. Right. They they are there. The, the people who work there get their salaries from, from your tax dollars. Yeah. So, folks, uh, I, I think the call here, uh, what can you do about this? Well, you need to find out. I'm not sure where these 50 or so public libraries that have rejected Kirk Cameron, uh, but if it's within our listening area, you need to find out uh, uh, who's in charge of that and go to your city council. That's who funds these public libraries right. and say, you're not going to put up with this. If you're allowing... And, and as this story on Fox points out, you're allowing drag queen hours at our public library. My taxpayer dollars are paying for that against my will. You demand that Kirk Cameron have the same platform. Yeah. I, I don't know whether there's any indication whether Kirk Cameron is, are, are they planning to sue or take any kind of legal action? I am not sure, but I will certainly anyway, get that we, out there. We, we can check on do. it. All I, all I can say about these people who would rather expose kids to drag queens than a book about a Christian perspective mm-hmm. on growing up from Kirk Cameron. I hope you enjoy your millstone, yeah. all right, because that's what the Bible says uh, would be better for you to be tied to a millstone and dropped in the ocean than to cause these little ones to mm-hmm. stumble 
uh, and, and especially in such uh, uh, deviant ways. Right. So, um, anyway, so that's two stories in a row about the kind of hypocrisy mm-hmm. Christians are facing. And for anybody in the listening audience that might be saying Congress needs to step in and do something about this, uh, good luck with that because we're going to have a divided uh, House and Senate. Uh, and I say that because, as we have reported uh, on this show, Republicans are going to have the majority of the House. Uh, Democrats are going to now have a comfortable majority in the Senate. That is because uh, Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock has been reelected. He defeated Republican challenger Herschel Walker last night in a runoff election in the state of Georgia. So Democrats are now going to have a 51 to 49 advantage in the U.S. Senate uh, that uh, that will they will not have to fall back on Kamala Harris being the tie-breaking vote, Vice President Kamala Harris being the uh, tie-breaking vote. So, um, you know, the, what does this mean really going forward? Uh, Republicans are going to control the purse strings, but Democrats are going to have all the say in the Senate over things like judicial nominees and uh, any kind of impeachment efforts uh, that might erupt once Republicans can take control of the House next uh, January. Fred, let me ask you, do, is... Is Georgia now a swing state? Now, I know we had a, they had a Republican elected as governor. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brian Kemp, reelected. Um, uh, you know, but we've had two elections now. Yes. 2020 and 2022 mm-hmm. with some surprises in terms of the Senate races. Uh, is this, in your opinion, is this, is this kind of like a, an unusual set of circumstances or is Georgia becoming a battleground state. Well, here's the thing. Uh, in the November 8th election, uh, pretty much all the down ballot, people in Georgia voted Republican, right. including the governor. Yeah. The governor um, had 200,000 votes more than uh, Herschel Walker did in on the, the same people voting. Right. So it's one of those things where uh, people went into to vote – uh, and I'm talking more of the general election now, the people went in to vote, and they said, we want a Republican governor. We don't want Stacey Abrams. Right. All right? Uh, for whatever reason. But then they go down the ballot, and apparently uh, they went with Raphael Warnock. Yeah. So uh, it, it's I don't think it necessarily translates as you know, Democrat property now. Right. But I, I, I do think this was a particular case and I know there'll be analysis about this. Herschel Walker wasn't particularly a strong candidate. He came into this. I mean, the vote last night, this the runoff vote last night. Right. There were only like, what were there, about four million people voted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of those were um, 3.3 million people voted either through absentee ballot, early voting or in person. Yeah. Okay. But there was only at the end of the night last night, there were only 92,000 votes between them. So you got a very split state. Right. I, I think, um, and I, I'm just reading what others have said, all right? I'm just passing this along, that Herschel Walker wasn't a particularly good candidate for Republicans. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that came out about former girlfriends and abortions right. and all this sort of thing. That, to the best of my knowledge, he did not deny all the stories. Then there was a story late last week mm. about him having a residence in Texas uh, that and so that really his home was not in Georgia. There was just a bunch of stuff that came out. And so that that could drive down uh, voting. 
it could it, it, enthusiasm yes. on the part of Republicans, especially if the, if the voters uh, you're talking about the uh, Christian conservatives. They yes. hear certain things. There were accusations about paying for abortions and stuff like that. Yes. I, I have no idea when any of that is true. Did he deny any of those things? That I think he did deny that. I, he? I think there were some yeah. initial denials, but the 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 various incidents, even up until I think Monday of this week, there was another charge against yeah. him involving a woman. So uh, and. Some and, of that may be dirty politics. And, I, and I don't know. That's may, what it may be. But he was not perceived to be the other problem, and this is going to be the ongoing story coming out of this. There is going to be some, politically speaking, bloodletting going on within the Republican Party. Okay. Because already they're talking about the Republican Party really didn't get, and I'm talking about the officials, didn't get behind Herschel Walker. Yeah. Uh, Warnick... Uh, had $170 million for the runoff. For the runoff? $60 million uh, for Herschel Walker. Yeah, and, and a lot of that money probably coming from out of state. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So there's, there's I think you're going to see uh, some challenges made to the leadership of the Republican Party. I think Mitch McConnell be, will be in the spotlight again because he has great power as to where campaign money goes. Right. Uh, there were big questions about that in Arizona. In Arizona. So I, I think what's what's going to come out of this is, uh, okay, is where is the Republican Party going? There is a left agenda element inside the Republican Party. Are they going to control? I'm talking about the Mitt Romney, the Susan right. Collins, and uh, Markowski from Alaska, that type, versus the conservatives like the Jim Jordans yeah. and uh, – you know, Tim Scott and others. So there's going to be a battle within the Republican Party coming out of this, and they got to get this settled before 24. Right. Just like there's going to be a battle, I think, in the Democratic Party. Yes. Between the far left, the uh, the AOC kind of squad yes. uh, folks, and the establishment. So anyway, that's that's kind of politics. But for the Republican Party, absolutely, there's going to be some sort of, uh, probably going to be some sort of reckoning or at least an attempt at it. Yeah. So, all right, Chris, thank you. Thank you very much for the stories that you brought to our attention. We're going to take a five-minute break for news. And when we come back, Steve Jordahl will be with us and continue carrying on with uh, the discussion of what is happening both here and abroad. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Five-minute break for news again, and we will be right back. Please join us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.